Welcome to the Business, Wealth and Mindset Podcast. Your space for real motivational interviews and cutting-edge business content to inspire your positive mental attitude. And now, your host, Alex Sopala. Thanks, Andrew, for um, you know coming to uh, speak to us on the Business Wealth and Mindset podcast. Uh, it's always good to uh, you know capture people's inspirational stories, and uh, you know your background and what you're doing is uh, quite inspirational itself. So um, I thought uh, probably just uh, as a start, if we can uh, begin just by you taking us through your journey as well, sort of uh, from humble beginnings in your childhood growing up and then, uh, you know, uh, the, the first time you got into sort of entrepreneurship and how your journey progressed from that as well. So uh, just, uh, um, yeah, to, to, to get us going there and then we can pick and discuss bits within that as we go along. Yeah. Is that all right? Yeah, great. Sounds good. Good, good, good. So, um, yeah, take us through that. Yeah. <clears throat> so, well, I guess... Um, we, my brother and I had no chance of getting out of property because my mum and dad used to um, buy really run-down properties and do them up whilst we were living in them. Um, so I've got a picture of me at three years old actually helping the builder throw water and cement into a cement mixer. Wow. Um, and then my brother came along uh, fairly soon after that. Um, we lived there for a while, uh, moved, moved to the next house, um, and then my dad started to get into a bit of motor racing because he he liked that side of things so mm. he wanted to build a, a car but we didn't have a garage so we had to build a garage so we built the garage yeah then the car that he wanted to build was a replica so we built that car and then my brother and i really got the bug for it so mm. um a few years later i built my own kit car that i built but again we'd run out of garages so we had to build another garage mm-hmm. um and then, then it was when I that that kind of after that, property wise was ninety nine, so I was twenty three years old, mm. and uh, I used to live in the French Alps. My mum and my brother and I sat down one day and said, you know what, we could buy a flat outright and just split it three ways. Mm. So that's what we did. And in two thousand and nineteen, when I was doing some property training, I found out that that was a joint venture. Uh, I've never known it was called that. So yeah. I joined venture with my brother and my mum when I was 90 or in 99. Yeah. Um, we got service accommodation unit or what people know as service accommodation, so holiday let. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an absolutely brilliant little apartment in the French Alps. It was 27 metres squared. It was a studio flat, tiny. I could almost touch the wall from side to side. Um, yeah. And we had a massive balcony, which was also... 27 meters squared wow why on earth they thought you needed a balcony the same size as the entire (laughs) none of us could figure out but um Mm. so we ended up selling that uh because my brother then went to uni in oxford and he wanted to buy a property there um for him and his mates to live in so and my mum wanted to buy another property close to us in the southeast and i said look let i want to i'd like to keep it because i think the property market's going to go up Mm. and i can't explain why but i've just got a hunch but i said look there's three of us in the deal we always said if any one of us needed to sell we'd take a vote on it so let's take a vote obviously the two of them voted sell i didn't so we sold it i said look it's fine it's fair enough so my brother bought a property in oxford that was a residential property that we then converted into again back then what was called a multi-let property but everyone now knows it as a house of multiple occupation yeah um and my mum bought another buy to let down in the southeast um just a a, you know a two two bed end of terrace um which actually had quite a lot of land with it but not quite enough to put another property on Hmm. Um, but they're really good long-term investments so that's what she wanted to do i ended up buying the place down in cornwall and that was my second remote investment so started off thousands of miles away in the french alps and then uh (laughs) narrowed it down to hundreds of miles down the yep. <laughs> so um i've still got that today um it's great it's been a great little property mm. um so that was kind of where we got to and and then we kind of stalled because we were we were using each time we were using funds to buy the next um 
rental property and then we'd have to save up the deposits but my my jobs kind of changed and then i ended up setting up a classic car transport business yeah and i thought what i'll do is i've seen this hole in the market for the the classic car transport if i can build this business up enough i can start generating enough cash to then generate deposits for more rental properties mm -hmm. so that was my master plan for 10 years yeah and i drove a million miles in 10 years wow. uh, and then i started to get really bad back problems because i'd spent so long sitting down yeah um to the point where i well you can't you can't see on a podcast obviously i'm six foot two mm -hmm. uh my fiance is about five foot three or five foot four wow. and she used to have to help me get in and out of the car because i was in that much pain yeah um <clears throat> so i got told at just prior to 40 years old that if i carried on at the same rate in another mm -hmm. 10 years i'd be in a wheelchair and that didn't set that well with me so i literally um kind of got out of that business overnight um jumped into a couple of other businesses with some friends for the next couple of years and just kind of didn't really know where i was going and mm -hmm. I've always, always, always had this burning desire to be in property. Um, even from the age of, what was it, 11 years old, yeah. I went to look at a school because my parents wanted to move to schools. And my brother and I were very fortunate. It was a choice that was out of our hands, but our, our parents wanted to send us to private school. And they had the facility to do, do that at the time. And they said, oh, do you like this school? And I said, well, look, if I didn't go to this school, would you pay the school fees into a bank account for me so that when I'm 18 I can start buying property mm. so I'd my grandfather was an entrepreneur anyway my mm. uncle and aunt are my cousins are my mum and dad are I was constantly surrounded by this so for me it was just normal yeah that, that was my normal you know someone who grows up in a, in the kind of that's surrounded by corporate you know corporate dues dinners evenings that's all they know so it's that's their normal although it doesn't seem normal to, to you or I or someone else. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, is is being an entrepreneur in your DNA? I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, I definitely think you can learn how to become an entrepreneur, but you have to be open-minded. Mm. Um, for me, I had no choice. I was surrounded by it. It, it yeah. was always going to happen. And the fact that I was having that conversation as an 11-year-old with my dad. Yeah. And uh, my dad was like, well, look, you know, you're, I, I wasn't ever a strong academic at school. Like my sports side of things always carried me through mm. and they knew that. Um, and then I found out at 13, part of the reason why I wasn't a strong academic was I suffered with dyslexia mm. um, and still do, but not to the same extent, fortunately, because I ended up going to that school and I got a lot of extra help um, yeah. to, to kind of, understand how to work around that hmm. and that again has shaped where i've gone in the future because i i see problems and you know when other people see problems they just see a roadblock in front of them i, I just see a problem and go right which way have i got to go to get round it over it under it through it yeah it's a natural reaction because i've always had to do that with with my own situation so um mm -hmm. So yeah, and I managed to finally put it off in 2019 and started full-time in property on the 23rd of December 2019, just wow. prior to COVID turning up and waving it at everyone. <laughs> yeah, uh, brilliant. So j just uh, on the point there, you mentioned you are surrounded by entrepreneurs like you know your your grandparents and yourself. How, how did that uh, play out with your brother though? Is, is he also... Did he also pick up that entrepreneurial spirit? He, he has got, but yeah, sorry, he he has got that entrepreneurship in him. Mm. Um, but because he's my younger brother, and and I actually only found this out two years ago. Mm. Um, I was talking to my mum, and um, and I was just kind of starting to learn a bit more about why I think the way I do, or why I behave the way yeah. I do. Yeah, and she was she was saying to me that. Um, she remembers as a kid or, or when my brother and I were very, very young 
she'd take us to the play playground so there'd be swings there'd be slides there'd be you know roundabout um merry-go-rounds all the rest of it yeah. and she said i'd get there with the pram and i'd unbuckle both of you and my younger brother would be out of the pram he'd, he'd almost sprinting flintstone style yeah. in the uh -huh. pram she unleashes him and he's off and she said you'd get out of the pram and you'd go and stand on the edge mm. and i'd stand on the edge and i'd look everywhere and she said to me do you know why you did that and i said yeah i do remember why i did that because mm. i'm i'm the protector of my younger brother uh, that's my responsibility as an older brother i had that and i don't again i don't know where it comes from um but i've spoken to to elder brothers and sisters over mm. my whole life and they've all had that exact same feeling and none yeah. of them can can understand where they've got it from but there's something protectoral in me that that has always looked out for my brother. My yeah. brother's 40, well, he's 41 this year. Yeah. He's six foot one. He yeah. can he's more than capable of taking care of himself. I still look out for him today. I just yeah. can't help it. Yeah. Uh, the bonus is, is that he looks out for me as well now. So yeah. <laughs> um, but but my mum said to me, Why were you stood on the edge looking? Mm. And I said, Because one, I always protected my younger brother from bullies. So yeah. I wanted to assess the other children in the playground to make sure no one was going to pick on him. And if they did, then I was going to wade in there and, you know, help yeah. them out. Yeah. Number two, um, there's there's loads of danger in the playground. So mm -hmm. he could have fallen off a slide, off a swing, all the rest of it. I said, he's got no care in the world. There's always someone to pick him up, yeah. either me or you. So that's, mm -hmm. although I didn't realise it at the time, that's what I was doing. Mm -hmm. So... Um, wow, that that's uh, that's very interesting perspective to hear, isn't it? Because uh, you know, just like uh, you know, you, you talked about is uh, entrepreneurship are we born with it or is 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 it in us? But uh, it looks like there is something within us anyway. Just like you mentioned, some protective spirit of some sort, which was uh, you know subconsciously we didn't know about it. But when you look back, you can actually feel how you were doing certain things and how that impacted you going forward so that's uh, that's really quite uh, quite interesting to hear actually so um so um yeah so how did uh, uh things then progress you mentioned about um um negotiating with the um was it your your dad or your grandfather about putting some money in an account instead of going to school so how did that yeah with my dad so so that got nowhere that was my first knockback at a deal structuring um he the way that he'd structured the deal of, of sourcing this out of school it, it wasn't it wasn't possible yeah um and also part of the reason that i could get into the school was because of my sporting um, yeah. abilities mm -hmm. so it wasn't quite as simple and black and white as i thought at 11 years old um mm. so i continued on with school and then got to 18 and i left school and i didn't really know what i wanted to do i knew i loved skiing um and snowboarding so i'd i planned to go out to the french alps in my gap year but i needed to get a job so mm. i sat down and i we'd work for my my dad's ran a um a rubber company that did rubber extrusion so like for car door seals and windows yeah. and, oh, and that kind yeah. of stuff mm. um and we'd worked in the warehouse we'd worked in the offices so he'd given us the opportunity to understand different levels of hierarchy within a business as well yeah um and then my mum ran her own businesses uh running loads of different things over the years from upholstery she was a designer dressmaker um so we kind of got to see different levels of business and different styles so mm. we got quite a good mix and like i said my grandfather was particularly entrepreneurial with what he did and we spent a lot of time with them down in in Cornwall in our summer holidays. Yeah. So we were kind of surrounded by that. I mean, there's, I think my earliest memory with him is being sat on his knee whilst he had this massive pink paper that was the size of me in front of him and smoking his pipe. <laughs> and I later found out that that massive pink paper was the Financial Times. Wow. Um, this is, I'm going back 40 years and he was, yeah. you know, he was a farmer reading the financial yeah. times so he yeah. but he was also xraf and an extremely shrewd man so yeah. um yeah. but yeah bouncing back yeah. I, I at 18 i sat down and i said right i've got to get cvs out yeah so 
did all my CV, and back then it was fairly straightforward. Obviously, it was pre-internet, pre-everything else. Everything was handwritten. And um, I sent my CV off to 150 different jobs. Wow. All types, all types of stuff, mm. ranging from something that I thought was ludicrous I'd never get because I thought, well, I've got nothing to lose. And if you don't ask, you don't get. Yeah. Um, right down to washing up dishes in a local pub. Mm. I got one response. <laughs> And that was from that pub. Yeah. Dishes. And they said, Would you like to come down and have a chat with us? So I said, Yeah, no mm. worries. Just let me know when. So the next day I, I drove myself down there. And they showed me around the kitchen and they said, What experience have you got? And I kind of looked at them and thought, What do you mean, what experience have I got? It's washing dishes. How hard can it be? <laughs> and and he said, Well, I, I said, Well, I, I haven't got any experience in, in mm. washing dishes mm. in a pub or a restaurant, but at home my parents are quite busy so my brother and i have, have, we do that. have looked after ourselves since we were teenagers so mm. and we've helped do chores in the house in order to make my parents life easier and he said oh well we're looking for someone with a bit more experience and i said he said i'm sorry i can't give you the job so i said okay look fair enough i said just one thing though if i'm trying to learn here mm. i said if i've got no experience and every employer is looking for someone who has got experience, how am I supposed to get that experience? Oh. And he stayed quite quiet on that one. And he said, yeah, yeah I'll see your point. And I said that, you know, I said, no hard feelings, thanks for your time, and went away. And that was when I decided that the only person that was really going to help me was me. Mm. So I started to look through the local papers to see what was going on yeah. and what what people wanted and what they were looking for and again mm. pre-internet there was the friday ad and the no local newspaper yeah. lots of people wanted gardeners but at the time every gardener wanted to try try and charge tree surgeon prices mm. so i sat down and i thought i can cut grass i can cut hedges because we do that at home for mum and dad yeah i'll speak to my dad about borrowing all the machinery that he's got and if i break it i pay for it and I'll service it, so he doesn't. And he do, he now doesn't have to service hedge cutters, chainsaws, a, a, a yeah. lawnmower. He's bound to go for it. Plus, he knows he'll be helping me out a bit, and you know, hopefully, I can pull on his heartstrings. Yeah, <laughs> that was no chance, but he saw the business sense in it, so he, he went he went for it. Um, yeah. And I set up my own gardening business, um, and ran that for six months. Then went skiing for six months, and then came back. Mm -hmm. And the second year, we were so snowed under with work that I en ended up employing eight of my friends and running three different sites mm. simultaneously throughout the whole of the summer. Yeah. Um, and that was when I really knew mm. that it was going to be tough working for someone else. And yeah. I've done it a few times since, but it never yeah. really sits that well with me. I can work mm. with with people. I just can't work for them. For them, yeah, I see what you mean. Wow. So, I mean, with, with, within the um, that time when you are doing um, different bits and pieces like the gardening and then went in, uh, going away, uh, traveling as well, did you have uh, like a, a long term vision of where you know you would want to be, or was it just short term what was happening there and then? That was um, extremely short term because yeah. I was a very, very different person in my 20s mm. than I am today, 24 years later. Yeah. Um, I had no responsibilities. Um, yeah. I'd, I'd lost my grandparents by this stage, which yeah. I wasn't very happy with. I struggled with it. Yeah. I'd lost a friend to breast cancer when she was 27, and she was one of the nicest people at that stage that I'd ever met in my life. And I, mm -hmm. I couldn't, I, I couldn't process that. Yeah, I really struggled with it. And as far as I was concerned, as long as I wasn't hurting anyone else, I was going to live my life to the max. Yeah. Um, and that's why I became an extreme skier, because I was mm -hmm. always looking for the next rush and the yeah. and that adrenaline buzz, and I was always looking to push myself further. And I knew that I could push myself harder and mm -hmm. achieve more. Yeah. Um, and I, I, that I guess is the first time probably that I started to surround myself intentionally yeah. with people that were a lot better at something than me. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
but I, you know, I started to grow up. You get older, um, mm -hmm. things change, um, and I didn't really see the the kind of there was no longevity in that lifestyle. Yeah, um, and I, I, a lot of my friends were were a decade older than me, and they were saying, "Oh, it's great. You're doing it 18, 19, 20, 21. Mm. Keep doing it all the time you can. It's brilliant." But then, as I was getting towards my early twenties, those same friends were starting to get really bad um, skiing injuries, mm. and they were injuries that potentially could have stopped them from skiing. Yeah. yeah, and I thought I want to stop skiing on my terms, not because I my body's given up. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then at twenty one, one of my friends um, unfortunately had quite a bad skiing accident. There was about eight of us that used to be jumping off big cliffs and you know getting buried in avalanches and and basically taking on mother nature and at the end of the day we're like tiny little ants compared to mm. mother nature so we were never going to win anyway <laughs> um but we're too naive and stupid at the time to think that we were um unfortunately he got paralyzed from the waist down um and he will spend the rest of his life in a wheelchair um mm. i was actually due to go out with him the day that that happened and mm. i ended up getting called up to do some work because I was freelancing out there and mm. I did the work because the work had always had to come first. Mm. And um, I got back in the evening and found out that he'd been in a horrific accident. Mm. Uh, he got flown back. He got repatriated to, to the UK, to Stoke Mandeville. And yeah, it's awful. I mean, he, fortunately he, he, he could have gone one or two ways either, you know, just completely struggled with that for the rest of his life or, grabbed the opportunities that then presented themselves which they did and um he ended up being one of the top coaches for the under 21 um uk mm. tennis team yeah um, the para, you know the wheelchair tennis team yeah so, because he was an incredible tennis player but he said to me i, I was speaking to him said why don't you go pro and he said because the top 20 pros are about 10 times better than me and he was literally kind of number 21 to 25 in the world at the time. Yeah. yeah. He said, but it's it's light years difference. So, yeah. but, so yeah, just, I, I started to put things a bit more into perspective, really, and started mm. to, to rein my lunatic side in a bit more. <laughs> yeah. So. And, and and sort of started to look at uh, more responsibility and looking to the future and, and your long-term plan, as, as it were. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it always involved property. Mm. And e everything I wanted to do involved property because I could see the value in yeah. property investing. Mm. And again, this was pre-internet, so obviously it's a lot easier to, to get involved in stocks and shares now and, and all kinds of other weird and wonderful um, kind of um, investment strategies and, and areas mm -hmm. um, and industries. But at the time, again, it was very it was very difficult to get into that unless it was your career. Yeah. Um, but I knew property already. I've been surrounded by it. Um, and that it was around about that time that, that we'd bought the place in France. We had that opportunity and that kind of had really G'd my, my, I've got really G'd up about it again. And I was also, um, I helped two friends rebuild their chalets and restore them. Um, we restored uh, a French hotel that was uh, Alpine Hotel that was four stories, three four stories high. Yeah. Um, and I, I loved doing all of that, and I was really passionate about it. And I thought, well, I don't want to become a builder, but I, I know I want to be in property. Yeah. yeah. Um, so everything I did, every decision I made for the next 15, 20 years, yeah, there was property involved in it, or the plan to be in property. In property. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. So, so at, at the at the time, as you were looking to get into that, was there um, any challenges that you perceived or you saw in there, and how would you or would you or did you go about sort of solving those or overcoming those? Well, one the first one obviously is is the go to one that everyone goes to to begin mm. with, which is I haven't got enough money. Yeah. <laughs> um, so and that's how i kind of fell into that first joint venture with my brother and my mum yeah um because we were sat there going well we can't really do anything with the money yeah um i mean 10 grand back then i guess mm. now would probably be about 30 maybe forty thousand equivalent yeah um to to 
kind of put it into perspective for today. Yeah. Um, and we said, well, why don't we get somewhere together? Because we can actually buy out there with the three of us. Mm. Yeah. So that, that's what we did. And then I started to think, well, this would be quite cool because we could buy another one. Yeah. But we run out of money. So I've got to figure out how to earn the money to then yeah. go on. By which stage, that's when, obviously, like I was saying earlier, we, we kind of filtered it back to the UK. Mm. Um, but we were, you know, we were all like everyone else back in the day, um, hell bent on homes under the hammer and uh, all the other, I think Sarah Beanie was starting to, to crop up at those times. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> or slightly later. So, and, and all these property programs were starting to crop up out of nowhere. And so we were just consumed by it all of the time. And the one piece of the puzzle that I always struggled with was how the hell do I finance it? Yeah. And mm -hmm. I then ended up, uh, my best friend at the time, his father had a very, very big property development company in the Southeast. Mm. And they his, his achievement or his plan for his achievement was to build and sell the first million pound penthouse outside of London. Yeah. Wow. Um, and that's what drove him and his business forward. Mm -hmm. um, and he did achieve that, and then he sold the business. But he he did that development. That was his last development before. And mm -hmm. I remember saying to him, I said, well, how do you finance it? Yeah. Because I'm struggling to finance just buying a buy-to-let. So mm -hmm. how the hell do you put in 60-odd units yeah. in an old post office sourcing house where the hell do you get the money from? Mm. And he said, well, it's, we have investors. He said, but, you know, there was a combination at the time of of, of private equity funding and also uh, equity, equity from banks. Yeah. Um, but he said, I said, that must cost you a fortune because obviously I, I was buying cars at the time on finance by that stage. And, you know, I borrowed 3,000 uh, pounds and it it would, you know, I'd be paying 100, 150 quid a month. So he, he's already starting to talk into millions and I my brain's <laughs> whirring away thinking that's a hell of a lot of 300 pounds to convert yeah. that, 150 pounds to convert that. And mm. it was, some, I can't remember what it was now, but it was, I remember thinking there's no way I could sleep at night knowing that mm. I owed that much money. Money. which he didn't it was his business and there was obviously assets attached to that yeah yeah, yeah. but that was my that was my mindset mm. was I, I couldn't make that connection and i didn't understand it yeah and it, and it took me another 20 years i mean my 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 transport company i think all of my clients were involved in property mm. So they ran their own businesses or they had family money or X, Y, and Z. They'd sold businesses and they'd got a big pot. All of them had property. They all owned investment property. Yeah. yeah. That was one of the things. So they all love motor racing mm -hmm. and or cars and they all had property. Those were yeah. the two things that they, every single one of my clients had. And so I used to sit and talk to them about it mm. and just learn as much as I could. Yeah. I still couldn't find that missing piece of the jigsaw yeah and that's that's what stalled me for so long yeah wow so did you, did you manage to break into that or is that something that up to now you you're figuring out and working out how you actually get to um to to sort those numbers out well that's that's where i kind of um i decided i needed to get some sort of property training yeah, mm -hmm. which I knew it was available, and I and I thought you spend all your life going through school, being taught how to do stuff, to then mm -hmm. go and get a job. Yeah, but most people go to their job, and they just do their job. Yeah, <laughs> why are they not having more training, or mm. why are they not trying to learn more, or why are they try not trying to better themselves? Because mm. it's what they know. And, yeah. and they don't have that mindset or that or, or that that kind of brain their brain doesn't work in that way that they're trying to to, to always achieve more yeah um and it's not it i don't want to achieve more because i'm greedy i want to achieve more because i want to become better so yeah. i i was talking to someone about this the other day and i said i i want to know today that i'm better today than i was yesterday 
but I'm not as good as I'm going to be tomorrow. Mm. That way, oh, I'll always yeah. try and better myself. Mm. Um, that's, so that, they, that, that, that's a great way of looking at it, isn't it? You know, um, that uh, you know you want to be better than yesterday, but you know there's always room for improvement, isn't it? You know. Yeah, and yeah. if you're if you're constantly wanting to grow, then it helps yeah. keep you motivated, keep you focused. Mm. Well, it certainly does for me anyway. Yeah. Um, but it, I, I knew that I needed, we'd learned a lot of mistakes in property and investing. Um, yeah. and we'd kind of become accidental landlords just because we got the concept, mm. but there was still a disconnect. And that was when I thought, you know what, I need to be getting into this full time. Yeah. When should I do it? Should I do it when I'm 45? Should I do it when I'm 50? Should I do it when I'm 60 and go, wow, I could have done it when I was 40? Hmm. I thought, you know what? I've just got to do it now. And also for me, I've I've, I've witnessed three and four property cycles because yeah. I've always been interested in it. So I've seen that happening. So I've been again, I've been stood at that playground, which was property. Yeah. In at, at that and watching what had gone on over all these decades. Mm. And I thought, I've, I've, I can't figure it out. Whatever it is, I can't figure it out, and I need help. Yeah, and That's where I started to go, I've got to get some property training from someone, and that's when I started to look. And then I found the people that I wanted to go with, Yeah, um, went with them, and I've only looked back to reflect yeah <laughs> the rest of it's just looking yeah. forward wow brilliant and uh, it's interesting there you mentioned uh you know the mindset thing and how you know people get an education get go, go into a job and they're just doing that repetitively without you know additional training whatever but it all boils down to what you mentioned earlier probably about the environment they grow up in as well if they are sort of uh, programmed with uh uh, just to go to school, get a career and get a good job and, and work through uh, the ladder in a corporate structure like that. That's all they get to, to know in a way. So uh, to some extent, to actually break out of that cycle, it takes some, maybe some life-changing event that you know would happen to people. Either they lose the job or something happens and they have a light bulb moment to say, maybe there is another world out there you know um and you know which is what what uh you know you, you followed in the in the end the entrepreneur side but to seek training to actually get better at it and that that word mindset is is key isn't it yeah you know the mindset yeah, yeah and it's you know i mean your your podcast is business wealth and mindset, mindset and, yeah. and they all go hand in hand but they all yeah. mean different things to different people yeah so you know my my mindset is that if i set myself a goal mm -hmm. i will achieve it yeah i had people telling me at school that i wouldn't achieve things and i mm -hmm. went on and i achieved them yeah um not to prove them wrong although mm -hmm. in my more immature side i was happy to prove them wrong <laughs> um but it's more to me i'm challenging myself i'm yeah i that's where my mindset is yeah. Is that if I think I can do something or I know I can do something, then yeah. I do it. Yeah. But I also will not start something that I think, yeah, I'll give that a go. Because I've tried that in the past mm -hmm. and the things that I've given a go at, they've either gone wrong or yeah. I've never completed them. And mm -hmm. I learned, uh, again, I was very fortunate I learned that at a young age. Mm -hmm. So I then said, right, well, if I'm going to set, if I'm going to set myself a goal, if I'm going to commit to something, I'm going to commit. Yeah. And I go all in. Um, you know, the business side of it, I, I've been surrounded by that my whole life. I've been yeah. surrounded by some incredible business people. Um, mm. I still am today. Uh, I'm very fortunate with, you know, the circles that, that I'm around. There are some just incredible people that, that I know um, and that have been really willing to help, um, mm. which was another thing 20 years ago. The the property industry was uh, extremely closed. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, everything was a secret. Whereas now everyone is actually understanding that it's a lot more powerful going together. Yeah. You know, moving forward together with someone rather than on your own. Yeah. Um, 
and then I guess the wealth side that is down to a perception of what you see wealth as mm -hmm. um, again going back to that pre-programming a lot of people link wealth with money yeah um, but I had more money in my early 20s and mm. I was going skiing, I had a sports car, I had no responsibility, I was living the dream. Yeah. And the happiest I've ever been is right now. Yeah. And I don't have that sports car anymore mm. um, that I had for over 20 years. I don't go skiing every year. Um, mm. But, I, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate I found the right person to be with. I've inherited mm. two stepsons that are yeah. like friends. Um, mm and i'm doing what i love mm. and and th that's that's another key as well isn't it because when you find that sweet spot of doing what you're passionate about what is meaning meaningful to you that's when you you find the inspiration to actually take the action to do things isn't it otherwise uh, people will just procrastinate or not do anything and they wonder why nothing is happening in their life it's probably maybe they haven't found that particular thing that they are passionate about, or at least find a way that maybe they can monetize it, or if it's just a pastime. So that that word is key as well, isn't something that you love, you like, it's meaningful, and you do it intentionally. Because um, just like you say, sometimes it's not just about the money. As we grow older, maybe we get to is it more wisdom that we get? We get to understand life in a different way. And we know there are other things that are more important than money. Obviously, money you know, gives you a lot of options to do stuff that you do. But yeah, absolutely. Mm. And I, I don't, don't detract for that. You know, you need to put a roof over your head. You need to put food yeah. on the table. And, you know, I, 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 I like fast cars. I always have done. That won't ever stop. Um, yeah. But right now it's not a priority yeah um and one of the one of the things that i've been big on my entire life is helping other people yeah um and that that is more important to me i've i've helped a lot of people a lot of friends in the past um some of that's been to my detriment but i've committed to helping them and i see it through yeah um but there are lots of people that i'm in a position that i can help with mm. my experiences so far yeah and there are a lot of people that want to get into to business um because they aspire to do that but they they haven't had that fortunate surroundings like my brother and i have had mm. um where where they you know like i said to you earlier it's 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 normal for us to be around entrepreneurs mm. so i don't have a problem i go to a networking event throw me into the room with 200 people it does mm. not phase me you yeah. tell someone they've got a networking event to go on to on a Zoom that's got 20 people in it and they are freaking out. Yeah. What happens. Yeah. And it's, it, I find it quite upsetting that, that someone that's, that's got that passion to be able to follow that through mm. is getting a blocker so early on. Yeah. And they're not, they're not being given that opportunity to, to grow and to shine. Yeah. When you can see that in someone. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's another reason why I wanted to to free up my time is so yeah. that I could help others yeah. to be able to to kind of chase their dreams and make those reality. Yeah. So yeah. So, so talk us more about that that vision of yours in terms of uh, uh, helping people. Uh, what what does that look like in the future, and also the community that you're building as well? Because there's uh, a lot more exciting things you're doing around that space. <laughs> Yeah, so, I mean, who knew getting into property would end up with me doing so many things that aren't in property? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, there are lots of challenges that go on. Um, I was on one last year. Again, it, challenges create opportunities. They're, they're an opportunity for you to grow. They're an opportunity for you to um, get more exposure to to a wider network, Yeah. Um, to get your message out of what you're doing or what you'd like to do. Um, so again, if you're not taking those opportunities, then you're you're not going to be able to operate in that area. Mm. Um, off the back of one of these challenges, um, I set up a, a Facebook group um, because one of the things that I noticed, I, I've 
I've got a bit of a knack, um, and again, I have no idea where it's come from or how it's how it's ever happened. But I tend to look at different industries, and I can see different gaps in the market. Yeah. Um, and I, but I have to sit back on the sidelines and not be completely immersed in it. Mm. So, um, which is also quite handy for me, kind of where people are struggling. Yeah. Because I'm detached enough from them. I can look there and, and say, well, look, I can see you're doing this or I can see you're doing that or yeah. why don't you tweak this or tweak that? And it's, I, you know, there's a load of that advice that I've sat down and I've thought, do you know what? If I was sat on the other side of this yeah. table right now, I'd be telling me this, that or the other. Yes. And I'm like, oh, yeah, okay, I'll do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I so one of the things that I noticed in the property was um, – and again, funny enough, I was literally talking about this an hour ago to someone else. Yeah. <laughs> um, not on another podcast, you'll be pleased to know. Yeah. Um, and uh, I said, the, the property training that I did, one of, one of the key phrases that everyone in that industry uses, and actually the more you think about it, the more you've had conversations with people in business, is that they always ask the exact same question. And it's one question that goes across all industries, all kind of training, start with the end in mind. And it just always resonated with me because you you then kind of reverse engineer everything. And when you first hear that phrase, it's you think, oh, yeah, okay, I'll get you reverse engineer this. You really have to think about it to understand it. Mm. But I sat there going, there's all these people in the property business and they're all got their blinkers on with property yeah and a load of them are really struggling with the business but we're sat in these trainings or we're sat listening Mm. to speakers or on webinars or listening to podcasts or or reading books and everyone's saying the same thing start with the end in mind yeah property business businesses at the end start with the end in mind all of these things in your mindset can can Mm. help you trigger and and work out that actually you know, the property business, loads of it is mindset. You get loads of knockbacks, but you also get loads of wins if you keep going. Mm. But you've got to have the right people around you. You've got to have the right mindset. You've got to have a sheer determination to keep going. And to be honest, that's not exclusive to the property world. It's everywhere. Yeah. So I thought, you know what? I I do love property. I'm passionate about property. Um but I also love business and mm-hmm. uh, I love interacting with people. So that's where the idea of the business driven community yeah. kind of came in was it was a bit of a play on words because I love cars. <laughs> the excuse to put driven in there somewhere can, yeah. also because I want to help drive people forward yeah. in their businesses, mm. um, you know, by whatever means possible. Because the other thing is that ev- everyone's, got their own individual needs or their own individual plans mm-hmm. um you know you, you you there's no one size fits all lots of people want want to be guided down a path whether it's in the property industry or you know another industry they want they want to know which path to go down and to yeah. get there as fast as possible but part of traveling the path is going through the highs and lows learning how to deal with that yeah um no, you know that's just a reality. Because you, you, if I said to you, I will give you a free reign next twelve months. I'll make sure you have no problems, no hassles, no dramas. Mm-hmm. Loads of people go, that's cool. Yeah, I'll have that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but what they're not doing is they're not looking after twelve months' time. Because after twelve months, when they hit a problem, and I mm-hmm. go, no, nothing to do with me. That's your problem now. Because yeah. I give you twelve months of goodness. They have no idea how to deal with that problem because they haven't learned. Yeah. Um, So it's trying to strike a bit of a balance of learning from other people's mistakes so that you can avoid them, but Mm. also understanding how to get past them. Yeah. Um, Brilliant. That's a a really good community, isn't it? And there's uh, um, a lot of people there with different skill sets, different uh, things that they can offer each other. So... In the form of, uh, you know, in the spirit of networking and collaborating, there's uh, 
such a lot of value within that, that if, if people can actually express themselves and tap into that, there's lots of benefit as well. So um, where, do you, where do you see it? Like if you take it two, three, five years, what's your vision of where, or what should be happening? Well, originally I, I wanted to just help as many people as I could. And I, I, because I hadn't put more, much thought into it, yeah. um, I thought I'd just see where it goes. Yeah. And the more I kind of sat down and thought about it, I thought, right, actually trying to do this on my own yeah. is not a great idea um, because I've run businesses on my own before and it's very lonely and it's very tough. Yeah. So I managed to have a, a, a contact uh, with a chap called John Foster, who also is a bit of a petrol head. And I yeah. met him last oh. year. Uh, we ended up reconnecting because um, obviously everyone gets busy, even during yeah. COVID. Um, and we kind of reconnected for another friend of ours and, and we got chatting again and I said, well, look, you, you know, it, would you be interested in being involved? Because I'm like you, I'm really big on mindset. Yeah. And it's massive. It's a, it's a massive, it's a mm. massive problem, but it can be a massive solution. If yeah. you're open-minded mm. or, or you open your mind up, um, and sometimes people can do that on their own. Sometimes needs, people need help. Um, John uh, Foster, who runs the community with me, he um, is a business systems expert. So he helps people grow their businesses and the systems that you need to run a business, right from you know a, a very small basic business up to you know ISO certified companies. So he's got a really good range. And like you said, the business driven community group is full of lots of different people from yeah. all different backgrounds there are quite a few property people in there because obviously i'm in property that happens yeah. um but there's also a lot of people in there that are providing other services that that anyone can use but again all those people in the property business they're in business yeah so you know it, it's designed to help people out but the what i really wanted to do and this is where i was speaking to john is us you know he asked me a similar question Hmm. And I said, I want us to be able to provide a space for people that have got business experience like us. Yeah. Um, the opportunity to help other people. If I, you know, I, I, I started accountability last year. I'd hmm. never really had an accountability partner for 20 yeah. years in business. If, wow. but, but my, my eldest stepson is 23 now hmm. and he has a mentor. And he is going big guns and he's still at university. Wow. Mm -hmm. You know, what could we have achieved 20 years ago or 25 years ago um, if we had mentors? Yeah. Some people did. You know, I had no idea about mentorship then. I had no mm -hmm. idea about accountability. I had no idea about coaching. Yeah. Um, and I had a completely different mindset as well. I didn't want to pay for that. Oh, I don't want to pay for that. It costs money. Mm -hmm. I need to make money. But actually... If I'd had that coaching and mentoring and I'd paid for that, I would have gone out and earned more. So I could have driven my business further forward. Yeah. Having done that. So, you know, I used to, there were all these kind of old stock phrases, speculate mm. to accumulate, but I yeah. don't want to spend any money to make money. Yeah. <laughs> That's where, you know, you, you're saying one thing and then you're thinking another. Another, yeah. And you start to, to process that all. And, and, you know, one of my phrases is slow everything down to speed it up. Because mm. everyone's charging at full rate of not, you know, get yeah. on your phone now. You you can be messaging someone whilst we're on this mm. podcast. Yeah. You know, and you could actually be messaging half a dozen people or you could be messaging everyone in your friends list on mm. Facebook or LinkedIn or Twitter yeah. or whoever. You could be talking to 3,000 people now. Mm. Wow. And everything happens quickly. Send me an email. Call me now. Text me yeah. now. You know, if you slow it down, mm. Give you a chance, give yourself a chance to breathe a bit and just take stock. Take stock of where you've come from, what yeah. you've done, what you've achieved, what skill sets you've got. See how those can transfer across to mm. whatever industry or business you want to get into. Yeah. And that's again part of the idea of the group is that most people they're caught up in their own lives. Yeah. And it, and it needs someone else to say, well, look, actually you've really achieved doing this, that, and the other. Or if you just tweak this or just tweak that, or what have you changed in the last six months? Nothing, and everything's still the same. Yeah. yeah. Right. 
it's because you haven't changed anything. Mm. Change one thing and see what happens. What happens? And and I, I guess that that's probably why COVID was a bit of a uh, a way for people to actually slow down as well, isn't it? And take stock, yeah. you know. So for those who would have seen it as an opportunity to unpick themselves, everything slowed down. So there's that opportunity to look into it and say, okay, what do I, you know, where do I want to go now? And what do I have and what do I need to help me get there? Uh, like, I mean, for me, I managed to put my thoughts down onto a book in that uh, space. But whereas the world was going on, you know, and j just like you, perfectly described it that everything is so fast and you look at people you know they are on social media they are doing things and you get this sense of feeling wow maybe i'm being left behind and you're trying to catch up and then you can get caught up in this overwhelm because you're, yeah. you're trying to do so many things and uh, I, I think i found that covid was a almost an equalizer to say okay everyone calm down yeah <laughs> stay at home and start thinking and it and it is but some people during COVID calmed down way too much and put the yeah. up. But I, someone, someone said to me, yeah. you've set up a few businesses during COVID mm. and you've chosen the worst time to set them up yeah. and to get out of your job. Yeah. And I said, well, that depends on which side of the table you're sitting. Said, mm. for, for me, I've started running my own businesses at 18 and I'm 45 next month in May. Yeah. So all these years, every time I've set up a new business, mm -hmm. I've gone, right, I'd, I need to get paid a salary, but yeah. I, I haven't got one. Mm -hmm. And I need to put the business on hold for six to 12 months so I can get all the systems in place, set up on computers, yeah. systemize this, that, and the other, mm -hmm. you know, get a website done get everything really well sorted so that I can then handle the business that is going to come to me. Yeah. I've been wishing for that my entire life. Mm. And then COVID came along and I sat there and went, this is the opportunity that I've been waiting for. Waiting for. Yeah. Um, so I was doing 14, 16 hour days the whole way through COVID. I had five days off last year. Yeah. Wow. Um, which I wouldn't recommend to anyone, but, it's because of my situation, because of my experience, and because of my drive to to push things forward yeah. for, for myself, for my family, and then others after that. Mm. Um, that's that's where I took the opportunity. But I also love networking. Yeah. Um, and through that networking, that like you, that's ended up leading me to mm. being a dyslexic guy, being a global co-author yeah writing your books brilliant um, mm -hmm. and i'm loving your book by the way i'm halfway uh, through it thank you <laughs> um, i'm really looking forward to finish you know, yeah. getting the rest right. of the way through so but again mm -hmm. it, it's just led on to so many different things yeah and different joint ventures with people in business mm -hmm. um which you know are either providing different opportunities already or have the potential to in the future yeah um and it's you know, I've just got the potential for growth. Yeah. So. Yeah. And and it, it's having that belief in that potential, isn't it? Because I find a lot of people don't get to do something because they can't see the tangible results, you know. You know, ask someone to pay £10,000 for a mentorship or training, they can't see what they are going to get out of it, which is tangible in comparison to if they spend that on a car, they can touch it or something. But you get so much benefits when you, you know, your mindset is different. You you can see the potential and the value that people can actually give you without before you get it. I remember going on a course, I think I paid was it about a thousand pounds or whatever it is. But I, I went that course on the first day I learned how I could save on stamp duty and I managed to save on a second home. I managed to save about 15 grand. Imagine if I had <laughs> the mentality that what am I going to get just by spending this money? I would have missed out on that. And there's loads of examples of the value you get by networking with people, you know? And, yeah. And, yeah. You know. <clears throat> I, 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 I spent some money on some training last year um, <clears throat> here that involved... Um, the mindset around money yeah and about your salary yeah and how to portion 
that salary. Mm-hmm. Most people, they pay for what they have to pay and then the rest is pocket money. Yeah. Um, but by, by allocating certain aspects of that funding, mm-hmm. you, can, you can start to get quite c- clever with your salary. Yeah. And it's, it's not a get-rich-quick scheme because mm-hmm. it, if it was, then everyone would be doing it. Yeah. And, um, you know, anyone that's in business, everyone wants to make money. Yeah, that is a byproduct of being in business. But for me, it's the success. It's it's creating something out of nothing and yeah. making a success of it. Yeah. Um, again, people people set up business because they want to have a five figure, a six figure, a seven figure, maybe an eight figure business. Mm. They're chasing the money. Yeah. And they're, and they're missing so much. So much. By doing that. Yeah. Because they're yeah. chasing the wrong thing. Yeah. Well, but again, that comes from experience. Yeah, absolutely. But does does that necessarily mean people have to go through a lot of these life experiences to get to pick up these lessons, like the wisdom that you've gained from experience? What is and where is the role of leverage? You know, but I guess some things can't be leveraged, yeah, like wisdom and experience, like over time. Yeah? Uh, I, uh, I think it's good to have your own experiences. Yeah. Um, I set myself one rule in life when I was very young that I mm. never wanted to make the same mistake twice. And yeah. touch wood, I haven't. Yeah. So every time I've made a mistake or I've had a fail, I've learned from it. So it's yeah. never, I've never looked at it as a bad thing. Yeah. I haven't enjoyed it, but it's not a bad thing because I've yeah. learned what not to do next time. Next time, yeah. Um, but I definitely think there's value in learning from other people's experiences. Yeah. Um, there's definitely value from. Th- there's the ability as well now. Mm. You know, pod a- again when we were kids, podcasts didn't exist. Didn't exist. Yeah. Radio, yeah. or you watch the TV. Yeah. You know, you can be in your car now. You can you can read a book whilst you're driving. Yeah. Just an audible version, listening yeah. to it on audible. Although, having said that. I did actually see someone reading a book once whilst I was in my driving career. They were driving down the motorway whilst reading a novel. Really? It's insane. <laughs> story for another time. <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah it, you know, you've, you've got access to all these books, um, yeah. all these podcasts. They're, they're not big expenditure. Yeah. So you start to read some of these things um, mm. and, it, and you start to allow your mind to be opened a bit. Yeah. Um, and, then you start to understand the value yeah and what other people bring and you know yeah it would be great to have a bottomless bank account and go on after mm-hmm. mentorships or masterminds or, or, or this that and the other that's where you have to kind of narrow it down and figure out what what you're trying to do what you're trying to achieve yeah. that's where the start and the end with the end in mind yeah um you really? know but, but you you can get access to it you can get there's loads of free resources mm. um all very very cheap so you know like your book mm. someone could buy yeah. that their pocket money from their yeah. their salary yeah and That's next true. month they can read your book and they can learn about business they can either relearn because they yeah. already know it but they've forgotten it because they yeah. know it so well and it just jogs their memory yeah or they can get into learning about it yeah or they could go do you know what um i want to look get more books so i'll get an audible subscription which is seven or eight pounds a month Mm. but you then get a book a month if you're paying for that you're going to read it yes absolutely um and then then look at you know memberships get involved in a membership group there are loads of memberships on facebook Mm. you know um get into a group get into a free group because there are plenty of those but eventually they become monetized because because there is a necessity to to manage those groups, and yeah. there's, a time, um, there's a time element involved in that. And then, obviously, you know, like you said, can you cheat your way past twenty years' experience? Yeah, you know, it, uh, you see the value in a mentorship or coaching yeah. um, scenario, because like, but the other thing for you, Alex, is from from what I understand is that you paid a thousand pounds to understand that you could then save fifteen thousand pounds from spending that thousand yeah so you've just saved yourself 
a fourteen thousand pounds. But you've but you've gone through that and you're looking back and you can see it. Yeah. When you're trying to look ahead and look and find it, yeah. All you're seeing is a thousand pounds is a lot of money. A thousand pounds, yeah. That's it. That's, that's, that's where you have to put that shift across is not how much is anything going to cost me it's how much is it going to save me save me yeah brilliant wow so what would be your best advice on people who maybe are struggling now or they want to break through into success in whatever they are doing what do you think are the key elements they should be thinking about or what can help them to maybe get out of overwhelm or break through into success in whatever they're looking to do. <clears throat> Keep listening to your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> helpful. Absolutely. And, um, and um, yeah, like I said, consume yeah. books on Audible. Yeah. Um, you can I or, or, you know, or, or, or buy the physical book. It doesn't yeah. matter either way because hmm. um, some people prefer to listen, some people prefer to read. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are countless webinars that get set up yeah. um, explaining things, getting people to understand more. At the end of the day, you know, we all get overwhelmed. That's in our own head. Mm. And a lot of the time it's because we don't understand. Yeah. So if you don't understand something, what do you do? So before any of us started driving cars, yeah. we didn't understand how to drive them. So you, you either have to speak to someone in your family that can drive that teaches you to drive yeah you've got the money and a family member is going to help you out they'll want to help you out or a friend mm. or you go to a driving school and you say well look you know how much do you cost well i i charge 20 pounds an hour or whatever it is yeah. i reckon i can get you to drive from nothing in two weeks this is the whole process this is the this is how much it is okay yeah. well, once i've done that then i've got the ability to to drive further for work to earn yeah. more money or i can drive to see friends, family, colleagues, whatever. Yeah. So you, you start to process it, but it, it goes back into the world works very, very quickly. Yeah. And everyone suffers from overwhelm. I, I don't not suffer from overwhelm. Mm -hmm. The difference is, is because of my experience, I see overwhelm for me coming. Yeah. And when I see that, I have, I have defense mechanisms in order for me to yeah. avoid that. Yeah. Um, that I've built up over time, but they're... I've been in a position over the last 12 months where I've been on accountability calls and, and been helping people out and I've, I've just given them a, a slightly different way to think about things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's been enough for them to, I've had calls with people that are just, they look exhausted and mm. mentally um, fatigued. Yeah. And they're just like, I'm just, I, I don't know what else to do. Yeah. It's because you've got, you've hit that overwhelm and you're in that overwhelm slump. Yeah. And that's exactly where it's it's good to have someone else to help you. Yeah. yeah. Even if they're a mirror and they're a sounding board. Yeah. Yeah. You could, I've said one thing to people and they've I've then spoken to them a week or two weeks later and they're like, oh, yeah, that was brilliant. It was just a bit that was, it was a nightmare. It's been brilliant since then. Yeah. It's not, that's not, that's not me. I'm, I haven't got all the answers. I'm not some kind of genius. Mm. I've, I'm just detached enough from their situation yeah to be able to help to help wow brilliant so again that's that's why the group's there get yeah. involved in a group that you like it doesn't have to be that one it can be anyone's yeah, yeah um sure. because again i i'm not really interested in selling stuff to people as long as yeah. they know what we're up to if they're interested come and yeah. look, see if it, see if we can help great if we can that's awesome yeah there'll be plenty of people that yeah. you know aren't for me or they don't get on with John or they don't get on with other people in the group. That's fine. That's yeah. you know, it's life. It happens. Excellent. Wow. Yeah. So uh, how and where can people find you and find the group then? So um, I'm basically on Facebook most days. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think I'd class myself as a Facebook addict, but <laughs> it's important to be visible. Um, so mm -hmm. the, the business driven community, is on facebook it's okay. um just type it into a search and you'll find it yeah. um but yeah i i'm trying to be better at linkedin but i again this just proves my point a, a few minutes yeah. ago that i always had a perception that linkedin was very corporate and i'm not a very corporate person i'm yeah. i'm sat here in a t-shirt chatting to you now 
not yeah. too tight. Um, but I kind of had a couple of people then help me out and say, well, just be yourself on LinkedIn. Yeah. You don't have to be corporate and, and have an image that's there. Mm. So, um, so yeah, I'm on most of the social media channels. I'm on Clubhouse as well, Instagram. Mm. Um, so, but Facebook's my my go to place. Yeah. So, and and that's where the business driven community is for now. Um, mm. I think later on we'll we'll put it into a. We'd like to set that up as a membership. So yeah. People have got somewhere that they can kind of come and operate in in a in a safe environment and, and genuinely ask for help and get it. Yeah. Um, so that's where we want to go longer term. But for mm. now, we're just trying to build that that community up um, and just provide as much value as we can at the help of it. And then from everyone else. So yeah. everyone else that's in the group. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Cool. Andrew, thank you very much for spending time with us on the Business Worth and Minds of Podcast today. It's been, uh, you know, quite awesome to, you know, capture your story and your uh, your journey as well and all the bits that you've shared within. So um, we've put up the uh, business-driven community. I'm sure there'll be a lot of people, you know, coming into that as well to get and, uh, uh, you know, whatever value they can get from that. But it's it's great that you're building that. And uh, uh, what I like about it as well is that it's not so much focused in one particular area like property. It's business in general. So whatever field uh, of business that people are into, they can come and get value out of that as well. So that's that's brilliant as well. So there's a lot of power in networking and collaborating with people. Just like you are saying, you know, you, you have to look at the benefits and the value you're getting. Uh, and I mean, at this stage, there is even no cost. So you just come and uh, yeah, um, yeah uh, network with people, and uh, there's you know a lot of uh, benefits that could come up. Um, out of that so it's been an absolute pleasure spending the afternoon with you and thanks for your time again i'm sure we'll be catching up again soon uh, and uh, yeah touching base on all things business and mindset as well okay and thank you very much for having me on it's been great mm -hmm. to be on the yeah uh, yeah it's, it's it's been a pleasure having you on so we'll speak soon <laughs>